Now at five, a special counsel named after more documents with classified markings are found at the president's home, dating back to his time as vice president. Worried sick, a battle between a health insurance giant and an Austin hospital system has patients wondering what they will do next month. And some of the business say getting customers angry may be on purpose. A cooler windy day today coming up the trouble that allergy sufferers are feeling and some cold nights ahead in first warning weather. And thanks so much for being with us on KXAN. I'm Daniel Marina. And I'm Jennifer Sanders in for Britt Moreno. Today, the Public Utility Commission of Texas went over its proposal to redesign the state's electric grid. Lawmakers ordered the PUC to develop a plan to improve how electricity is bought and sold in Texas. It's supposed to make the grid more reliable, but some critics say it'll be more costly for consumers. And KXAN's Monica Madden breaks down the possible implications. It all started with the 2021 February winter storm when Texas was minutes away from a total electric grid shutdown. We changed the electricity market. We, we might be able to change it in a way that would make it less likely for the lights to go out. The PUC's recommendation is a performance credit mechanism or PCM market. It would require both public and private companies to purchase credits. Generators would get a credit from Texas when supplying electricity when power reserves are the lowest. Currently, the way the, uh, the way the bulk of the aircon market works is that power plants um, are paid for the electricity that they produce. Electricity demand. In a PUC meeting Thursday, I believe the PCM is the right path forward. Supporters of the model, including Chairman Lake, say this would incentivize generators to supply power during peak demand. I still believe PCM is the best mechanism to continue moving forward to meet the growth that's facing our state. Energy experts say the changes come with a cost, which likely will be passed on to consumers. Folks are willing to pay a little bit more for electricity if it is more reliable, but we just need to make sure that we're getting the reliability that we're paying for. And say it still doesn't address some key problems with the 2021 freeze. If we're going to have a conversation about reliability of electricity in this state, we need to include the fuel side, but it is often missing in these discussions. Monica Madden, KXAN News. The CEO of ERCOT says implementation of the PCM market would take up to 3.5 years. Chairman Lake said today was purely deliberation. He's hoping that making a recommendation for the legislature to move forward happens next week. Well, some developing news now. Lisa Marie Presley, the only child of Elvis Presley and a singer herself, is hospitalized after suffering cardiac arrest two days ago. The 54-year-old attended the Golden Globe Awards with her mother, Priscilla Presley, to celebrate Austin Butler's award for playing her father. Questions are swirling over President Joe Biden's handling of classified documents as he left the vice presidency. Now, this all comes as more classified material has been found at his home in Delaware. As Alice Barr reports, a special counsel will now investigate any potential criminal activity. An independent special counsel is now investigating President Biden's handling of classified documents as he was leaving the vice presidency after another batch was discovered, this time at his home in Delaware. We're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. The president saying his lawyers have been continuing to search and uncovered a small number of documents with classified markings in storage areas in his home, personal library, and his garage next to his Corvette. By the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. 
Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. Earlier this week, the White House confirmed the president's lawyers found classified documents in his former private office space in Washington. Sources tell NBC News it was less than a dozen documents from his time as vice president in the Obama administration. Attorney General Merrick Garland today announcing Robert Hur, a former Trump-appointed U.S. attorney, will serve as special counsel. To investigate whether any person or entity violated the law in connection with this matter. Republicans calling for a congressional investigation. Here's an individual that's been in office for more than 40 years. Here's an individual that sat on 60 Minutes that was so concerned about President Trump's documents. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy there drawing the comparison to hundreds of classified documents the FBI ultimately recovered from former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. After he resisted repeated requests, including a subpoena to hand them over, Democrats quick to draw a distinction. The Biden people are bringing forth the documents. They're not obstructing access to them. President Biden says his lawyers turned the classified material over right away, saying today he takes the matter seriously. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Well, millions in California are cleaning up what they can after two weeks of torrential rains, but more storms are on the way. It was really horrific. People had to be airlifted out with helicopters and it was really devastating to see your town and that level of destruction and to know people who were swept away, you know, in that mud flow. At least 18 people have died in the storms. More Californians lost than in the last two years of wildfires. More than half of the state's 58 counties have been declared disaster areas. And David, the damage is expected to cost more than $1 billion. Incredible to see. And today, NOAA released its State of the Climate Report for 2022. Scientists confirming that our planet's land and oceans continue to warm. Last year will go down as the world's sixth warmest year on record. Couple of visuals that I want you to see. There we were on, uh, let me show them to you in a second. Coming up first on Nightly News, Earth's new extremes. Ann Thompson speaks with National. NASA's chief scientist to find out warming weather uh, is helping fuel these supercharged volatile storms like we're seeing in California. Here we are on 2022. This is the sixth warmest year on record. Notice all of the 10 warmest years worldwide, according to NOAA and NASA, have happened since 2010 in just the past 13 years of time, or 12 years, I guess, because we don't even have 2023's data in the books yet. Another great visual of this, the global temperature anomaly, or how far it is from normal over the 20th century. From 1850 to present year, you can see that the trend is clear. A handful of colder than normal years have now changed. All we have recently are warmer than normal year after warmer than normal year. Back here at home, speaking of which, we are still in the midst of our second warmest January on record. The average day and night temperature through midnight last night, warmer than 63 degrees. In the short term, though, we have cooled off today thanks to a cold front that moved through early this morning. The 24-hour change is showing a 10 to 20 degree drop in our afternoon temperatures, a 25 degree cooler evening now than it was yesterday out in San Saba. That just translates to a typical January day at last. Breezy north winds out in Granite Shoals. You see the flags moving on the Whittlesea Landscape Supply weather cam. 62 degrees under beautiful sunny skies. Coming up, the cedar allergy count. No good news here and some cold nights ahead. I'll help you plan your holiday weekend. How warm temperatures go by Martin Luther King Jr. Day.
All right, David, thank you very much. Quadruple murder suspect Brian Kohlberger appeared in an Idaho court today, and we learned some new details about what led to his arrest. Kohlberger waived his right to a speedy preliminary hearing and requested a date in June. A preliminary hearing is something like a dry run for the trial. And his attorney said they just need some more time to prepare. Outside the courtroom, NBC News reports a source familiar with the investigation says that Koberger wasn't actually considered a suspect until December 23rd, and that information came from forensic genealogy leading them to the family and then eventually to Koberger himself. A Cedar Park man has been sentenced to 45 years in prison for murdering his girlfriend in 2019. Police say Samuel Bird killed Amanda Gordon at a house in Cedar Park. Investigators found human remains in a burn pit on the property that belongs to Bird's business partner in Caldwell County. Court records said the suspect and the victim had been in a relationship for about eight years. They did have two children. Bird will now serve out his sentence in Huntsville. Well, the wait is almost over. We'll show you Round Rock's new public library. How long ago voters approved the money for it? And the public battle between a health insurance company and an Austin hospital system has tens of thousands of people worried about what's next month. Who says getting customers worked up could be part of a bigger plan? And saving the bee population is crucial to our food production and our future. We're going to take a look at new efforts to protect honeybees. Well, nearly a decade after voters in Round Rock approved a new public library, it will open its doors at the end of the month, right across the street from the current library. The new library is 66,000 square feet. That's 20,000 bigger than the old one. It's three stories with a 300-car parking garage, a courtyard, and a discovery garden. It opens January 28th. Libraries are important for so many reasons, and it's different for each person. Whether you want to meet people, connect with your community, libraries are the heart and they provide the space to do that. Now in 2013, voters approved a $123 million bond package to fund new fire department facilities, parks and rec spaces, police and fire department trainings, and the new library. The Round Rock Library is the last of the bond projects to be completed. Even after a week of rain-free weather in the Austin area and much else of central Texas, no real uh, de degradation of our drought monitor. The weekly drought monitor update out today and the only worsening we've seen, a very small uh, uh, area of San Saba and Lampasas counties being downgraded one drought category. Your first warning forecast and when our next chance of rain comes, coming up. At the end of the month, 66,000 Blue Cross Blue Shield Texas policyholders could lose in-network access to Ascension hospitals and clinics if the companies don't reach a contract agreement. But the panic may be part of the process. KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez continues our coverage. For moms like Sharon Goodlett of Round Rock, making sure their kids get the care they need is important. Sebastian eventually will have to have a heart valve transplant. We don't know when. It could be a year from now. It could be 10 years up the road. But um, we always knew that he would have that done in Austin. When she received last week's email from Ascension Texas that its system could soon be out of network, she became worried. It, it's going to change everything. We have to redo the doctors. We have to change hospitals. Insurance consultant of 15 years, Ron Nemitz, says moves like notifying patients they could lose care are typical during these big contract negotiations. You know, essentially telling their customers they might be out of network creates pressure 
to Blue Cross, obviously, because they'll get the calls from their group carriers. They'll get the calls from their individual consumers. While typical, he says these standoffs do panic policyholders. This often happens right after they've already enrolled. Their coverage locked in for the next if, year. You know, if you're going to a particular you know, oncologist or your child's getting treatment at Del Cedon for a particular rare condition, I think it's kind of unfair for those contracts to change mid-year. He and Goodlett both hope the companies will reach an agreement sooner rather than later. So, you know, that, that fear of the unknown is a big part of it. In Austin, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. And today in a statement, Blue Cross Blue Shield told us it continues to negotiate in good faith with Ascension. And for a little perspective here, back in March, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas had similar negotiations with Memorial Hermann Hospital in Houston. The two reached an agreement a little over a week past the deadline, a multi-year deal this past October in Dallas with Texas Health Resources and UT Southwestern Medical Center ended a stalemate between the companies that would have affected almost 460,000 people. Let's check in with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans now. And David, definitely cooler out there, but still nice. It sure is nice. I had to put on a jacket to walk the dog earlier today. A far cry from the warm days that we've gotten used to recently. It's a beautiful evening, though, on Lake Travis. Look at this. Mostly sunny skies here at the Oasis Restaurant. 62 degrees, which is actually Austin's average high for this time of the year on the dot. Winds, they're very gusty. This is creating a fire danger for the next couple of hours until they subside. It's also creating cedar allergy problems. North winds still blowing at up to 29 miles per hour in Rockdale. Our hour-by-hour -hour cedar counter on the roof. Very sophisticated equipment here now at KXAN. It is detecting an even higher cedar count than at this time yesterday in the very high misery index, if you will. The current temperatures elsewhere, they're already starting to cool off. 63 downtown, 61 in Burnett. Some upper 50s now showing up in the northern hill country. And it is going to be a much cooler night tonight than we've seen recently. Here we are in the wake of the cold front that blew through rain-free overnight and early this morning. Just a few little high clouds here and there. That's all we expect through the evening. This is going to allow for colder nights to come. You may have to switch the heater back on, especially by tomorrow night as your living room starts to cool back off. Here we are with winds subsiding later tonight after sunset. This is going to allow, with the clear skies and dry air, for 30s area-wide tomorrow morning. I think we'll drop just below 40 in downtown Austin, but some mid-30s possible elsewhere. San some of the colder hill country valleys dipping briefly to freezing tomorrow morning. Tomorrow afternoon looks even a little bit cooler as a light northerly breeze continues under sunny skies. Highs for most 60 to 62 degrees. Tomorrow night though, this is often the case, two nights after the cold front passage once the dry air is established and the winds have completely settled down. This is the coldest night. By Saturday morning, we're talking mid-30s in downtown Austin and many rural areas not shown so well here could dip to or below freezing. I think places like the Austin Airport, for instance, on Saturday morning will start out in the upper 20s. Burr. But what a cold start to the weekend and a warm finish. Here we are approaching the three-day holiday weekend for Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday. 60s, so light jacket weather maybe on Saturday, but we're back up to near 80 degrees by Monday. Again, nearly 20 degrees warmer than normal. Can't shake this pattern for long, can we? The clouds and radar forecast showing our next chance of rain. We talked about this briefly yesterday, but now here's your first look at the system. It's another one approaching our friends in California by Wednesday of next week. So still a ways on the horizon. A little piece of this breaks off, has a little bit of moisture to work with. By Wednesday morning as the front dives through our area, 
couple scattered showers, maybe a thunderstorm. This is looking most likely for now in the first half of the day next Wednesday. Then it clears out quickly. Is this going to be a heavy rain, widespread rain event? No to both of those. This model paints with a pretty uh, broad brush, if you will, so not everybody's going to get any rain, and those who do, less than a quarter of an inch, so might not make much of an impact at all, unfortunately. Tonight's forecast, clear and cold, 39 degrees with a lighter wind at 5 to 15. Tomorrow, a little bit breezy from the north still, but this is a lot less windy than it's been today. 63, mild sunshine, a beautiful but cool January afternoon. After that, the daytime highs and the overnight lows sure warm up by the Monday holiday. By next Tuesday, January 17th, we're forecasting a record high temperature, 82, would beat the record for the day of 81 at Camp Mabry. That next system, keeping your range chance is pretty low, unfortunately, at just 30%. And again, no blast of Arctic air. This Pacific cold front does not have much cold air behind it, dropping our temperatures still above normal in the 70s by next Wednesday and Thursday. Although they're small, honeybees play a big part in the well-being of our planet. A look at the latest effort to save the bee population coming up. All right, well, this is a big deal. The USDA has approved a bee vaccine to try and help save the honeybee population. And as we know, bees play a crucial role in growing our food, but many colonies have been wiped out by disease. This vaccine, though, could help prevent that. NBC's Jacob Ward explains how. Bees, they may bug you during the summer, but we desperately need these creatures. They are crucial to pollinating crops. How crucial? One out of every three bites of food you eat exists because of pollination. That's fresh produce, nuts, and yes, your cup of coffee. Think about it this way. Honeybees alone pollinate more than 100 types of fruits and vegetables. But a bacterial disease called American fowl brood is now destroying bee colonies at alarming rates. Annette Kleiser, CEO of Delon Animal Health, says something must be done. It's found in approximately 50% of beehives, that's the estimate, around the world. So it, it, it can lay dormant for many, many decades. And all of a sudden, if there's another stressor, if there's anything else happening, you know, it, it's like we, we, we know that from us, we can all of a sudden get sick. And that happens also uh, to the bees. Currently, there is no cure for this disease. Once foul brood is detected, beekeepers have to destroy the hive or use antibiotics, which can have some nasty side effects. That comes with many, many problems, antibiotic resistance, contamination of honey, uh, it weakens the microbiome of, of, of the honeybees, uh, they can get other diseases because they, they, their immune system is, is compromised. But over the last few years, Annette and her team have developed a promising vaccine that the U.S. Department of Agriculture just conditionally approved. We take the disease-forming bug, kill it, we inactivate it. We put it in something that's called queen candy. It's a, it's a sugar paste that is given to the queen. So if she's vaccinated, she passes that vaccine on to all the eggs that, that she lays in the entire colony is, is then protected. Currently, Delon is seeking state-by-state -state approval for the vaccine, focusing on the large breeding areas like California and states along the Gulf Coast. And this is not just important for commercial beekeepers. This vaccine could be an absolute game changer for, well, all of us. These animals are really critical. They're really important and we all rely on them and we have to take care of them. It's a real existential survival critical issue for, for everybody around the world. 
And that was Jacob Ward reporting. There's hope that a similar process could one day be used to treat other small organisms such as shrimp. All right, no reruns tonight on KXAN, and it's Law & Order Night. We have the original at 7, Special Victims Unit at 8, and Organized Crime at 9, before we're back with KXAN News at 10. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.